Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Marshall. To thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day, that thou canst not then be false to any man. Consider that statement, and ask yourself, what is the great poet saying? He says to any man. He doesn't say to any other human being, just man. Therefore, we must assume you can be as false as you please to any woman. Our mystery drama, The Golden People, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars William Redfield. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. fickle and unfair fate can be. Why does she give some of us so much and some of us so little? I'm in trouble already. I have made fate capriciously female and have probably thereby aroused the ire of all the women's lib persons in my audience. But I must be true to my story, which happens to be about the quintessential male chauvinist. His name is Richard Paradon, And he only goes to prove how capricious is fate, as I started to say before. He has everything. Looks, brains, charm, talent. And he also knows how to make money. Watch him. He is working now. You were sent for me, Mrs. Palmer? Please, sit down, Mr. Paradon. Oh, Mr. Paradon, Mrs. Palmer, how formal we are today. Just think, in a few weeks it will be Mother and Dick. (laughs) Permit me to tell you why I asked you to come here. Permit me to anticipate you. You have decided to give Laura and me your blessing. Well, you know how excited she is. Only the other day she said to me, just think, instead of being Laura Palmer, I'll be Laura Paradon. I won't even have to change my monograms. (laughs) I have decided it's cheaper to pay you off. Say that again. You know, and I know, why you want to marry Laura. Why don't you take a check now and leave? Why should I? Why be satisfied with a piece when I can have the whole pie? Because it will never come out of the oven. If you marry Laura, I shall cut her off without a cent. You wouldn't disinherit your only child? No. It's a bluff. (laughs) Call it. I have a check here for $50,000. When you cash it, I will have the cancelled check as my receipt. I shall present it to Laura as a sort of... Love letter from you. Mrs. Palmer, you're a clever woman. Attached to the check will be a statement signed by you to the effect that for payment received, you have decided to fall out of love with Laura. Well, you certainly are skilled in meeting this sort of situation. I should be. I've had enough practice. I beg your pardon? When a wealthy woman has, as her only heir, a rather unattractive daughter... 
She becomes the target for every fortune hunter, hustler. Oh, Mrs. Palmer, your daughter is not unattractive. Well, I suppose that's true. My daughter is really ugly. Well, now. Mr. Paradon, I have remained wealthy because I accept reality. Then why not accept me? My daughter. For her money. That's reality. Who would marry her for any other reason? I cannot accept you because you are a scoundrel. Who else but a scoundrel would marry for money? I would be kind to her, good to her. Mm, for a while. And then, because you have no real staying power, you'd become tired of her, leave her, after going through all her money. And there she'll be, all alone in the world. Actually, she's all alone in the world now, isn't she? Well, I'm alive. At least she'll have money. Hardly a warm comfort on a cold evening. It's all a matter of what you're used to. I have here a pen... Shall you sign the agreement and pick up your check? Now, you may ask, uh, why take a crumb when you might have the whole banquet? Well, you know what they say on Wall Street. Sometimes the bears win, sometimes the bulls win. But the pigs, well, they always lose. And yet, although I'm certainly not a pig, I always lose too. Not because I'm greedy, but because I have too much faith. Faith in horse flesh. Faith that certain numbers will come up on various wheels. Faith that specific combinations of spots will appear on certain dice. Huh? Why go on? In less than 50 days, or an average of $1,000 a day, that 50000 was gone. Gone with the wind. And so, it was time to visit my sister. Big Sister Sally. Where I could find respite and comfort. Or in other words, where I could freeload until something turned up. Ah, that hi-fi, it is magnificent. <laughs> you should know. You bought it for me. Did I? I forgot. You can have it. What are you talking about? Richard, you're broke. Now, what makes you say that? Because you're here. You mean a man can't just come and visit his sister? Oh, look, you could get three, four hundred dollars for it, Richard, and you need the money. Do you think I would sink so low? You've sunk lower. Sally. Look, I I'm short on cash right now. But, Sally, I don't now, want it. The tuition went up at the college, and the twins can't earn very much money. And it's all I can do to hold my job at the radio station, much less ask for a raise. Sally, oh. if you think I would deprive you of the one thing that brings you joy in life, your classical music... Look, I just I... want you to know you can have it any time you need it. Oh, poor Richard. It isn't your fault. What isn't my fault? I'm to blame also. For what? You know how old I was when you were born. Yes, of course I know. Fifteen. And Mom and Papa, they were close to fifty. And then suddenly there was this little baby in the house, like like a beautiful doll. Everyone made such a fuss over you. Sally, what does all this have to do we with my... We petted you, we coddled you. Oh, we worshipped you. You were so handsome. And you knew it. We were clay in your fingers. What are you trying to tell me? No one could say, including me, that you were growing up into a beautiful, self-centered parasite. Now, that isn't fair. Of course not, but it's true. You live completely for your own pleasure. And why not? It pleased us that you should do so. But soon, Richard, soon... Soon what? Soon your ravishing looks will no longer take everyone's breath away. That's because they'll no longer be ravishing. And then what becomes of you? 
Already your hair shows signs of becoming thin. That isn't true. There are little lines. Where? And you're over 40. You're starting to look it. What are you saying? Richard, please, let me help you. Well, fine help you are talking this way. If I could only convince you to settle down, find a job, a wife, and stop being a bad boy. Well, thank you for that most encouraging and inspiring vote of confidence. If ever I need a boost for my morale, I know just where to go. What she said wasn't true. Or was I lying to myself? Were all the little signs there, and was I afraid to acknowledge them? Suddenly, I realized that even if they weren't there now, it was only a matter of time. I couldn't look young forever. I, I couldn't remain handsome forever. There are moments which we recognize as decisive, and I knew that one had arrived for me. I knew I'd have to determine the future course of my existence. Richard, are you all right? What? Oh, oh, yes. Yes, fine. Fine. <laughs> you know what you need is fresh air to clear your head. My head is perfectly clear. Well, why don't you go for a walk? By the stream? No, I'd, I'd rather sit in the house. Oh, but it's such a beautiful day. All right, Sally, all right. If it'll make you happy, I'll go for a walk. <laughs> By the stream. All right. By the stream. Actually, the walk was rather a good idea. The air was like sparkling wine. I was so busy thinking of how glorious all nature was that I didn't see her standing by the edge of the stream. I almost knocked her into the water. Oh! Oh, oh I... I'm so sorry. All right. Oh, no, it isn't all right. Well, I'm sure you didn't do it on purpose. I, I was so busy thinking. I'm sorry. I was in a world of my own. So was I. Oh, really? Oh, what were you thinking about? Well, in that stream is an entire swarming universe. Vast worlds made up of trillions of creatures, most of whom we cannot see. I would say that's rather deep. <laughs> what were you thinking about? I was thinking what fun it would be if I could meet a beautiful girl and take her to lunch, and I just met her. Well, I'm not a beautiful girl. I'm not even pretty. The truth is, I'm rather plain. I think you're beautiful. I think you are kind. Lunch? Now, why did I do that? It had to be a reflex action. I see a girl and I have to score, even if I don't want her. And who would want Louisa Curran? <laughs> she was right. She was plain. Her figure, just adequate. Her dress, just this side of dowdy. Oh, you didn't have to be ashamed to be seen in public with her. But that's about all I can say in her favor. Of course, if she had a million dollars. But I soon found out. <laughs> I'm just a school teacher. Oh, that sounds exciting. Why? Oh, the thrill of molding young minds and so no, forth. I find it dull. Oh. Well, then why don't you leave it? Why bother? Wherever I'd go, I'd just be an old maid school teacher. Oh, you have such a low opinion of yourself. Perhaps. But it's the only one that can be justified. It's all in the mind. You can be anything you want to be. You can say that. You know why? Because you're one of the golden people. I never knew that. 
Who are the golden people? Oh, they're born with looks and luck. And everyone's attracted to them. Everything works for them. You ought to meet my sister. Oh, I know Sally. We're old friends. Oh. Then I didn't pick you up. No. Oh, what a blow to my ego. If you think that was a blow, this should knock you out. <sighs> Sally and I, we... We arranged this apparently casual encounter. She was to suggest that you take a walk toward the lake and... I would be there. Oh, I see. Sally was wrong to entertain even the faintest notion that a man like you could even consider a girl like me. I don't know why I call myself a girl. I'm 35. And never been kissed? Well, not often. <laughs> not often enough. <laughs> you know something? You're about to be kissed right now. But, but, but what? You can't kiss me. In public. Oh, fine. I... You don't object to being kissed. It's just the time and place. Oh, please, Richard. Everyone will see. It's a very wholesome sight. Richard, I... Uh... Shh. Oh. Richard. Oh, uh... Louisa, it's crazy. Oh. How does it happen? But here and now and suddenly for the first time in my life, I'm in love. Louisa, I'm in love with you. Oh, Richard. Oh, I'm frightened, Louisa. I'm very... Frightened. Isn't it said that man fears nothing as much as the unknown? Certainly to a man like Richard Paradon, love is an unknown quantity. Something new and strange. No wonder he's apprehensive. However, I'm aware some of you hard cases in our audience are probably saying... A story about love is all very well in its way, but when is someone going to be killed? Patience, friends. I shall return with Act Two. Love. It has been likened to a blossom that matures and flowers like the fruit of a tree. But then, of course... We have all sorts of fruits. We have the beautiful fruit that nourishes and pleases. And we also have the beautiful fruit that poisons and kills. How do you tell them apart? Sometimes the only way is to taste. Ah, but you say that's dangerous. Well, if you're looking for safety, keep away from love. Richard, cut it out. Cut what out? You know what I'm talking about. Louisa Curran. Now, cut the line you've been handing her. She's not like the others. It isn't a line. If you break her heart, I'll never forgive you. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Sally. You are the one who arranged for me to meet Louisa Curran. You are the one who worked up a cute little plot so that I could encounter her by accident. You are the one who brought us together. Now that your strategy has worked... I was wrong. What? I sometimes lose myself in fantasy. I saw you as a man who, deep in his heart, Wanted the love of a wonderful woman. And you're right. I need that love. Like a shark needs a mackerel. But I was carried away, and so I, I did something dreadful. I exposed you to Louisa. No, 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 no. You did something wonderful, Sally. You're just making a play for her. You're wrong. Take me at my worst. Did I ever go for a girl without money? Louisa had some money. She's been saving for years. Oh, I'm talking about real money. If I'm as bad as you say, why would I bother to make a play for her? Because she's there. 
Look, this isn't exactly a bustling metropolis up here. You're bored, restless, frustrated, and she's available. What are you making out of this? She's not like any woman you've known. If she finds out this is just your way of passing the time, it could kill her. Sally, I'm serious. Richard, I've never asked you for anything, but I am now. Please, don't break her heart. Has it ever occurred to you that she might be breaking mine? Richard, you don't have a heart. Uh, uh, as recently as yesterday, I might have agreed with you. And then this strange, wonderful thing happened. I don't believe you. Maybe it's something else. Maybe I looked closely at myself for the first time. Maybe I, I, I was terrified by what I saw. Maybe I was struck suddenly by the emptiness, the hopelessness of my stupid life. Maybe that's why I want her. Does it matter why we love? Richard, I... I never heard you speak this way before. For the first time in my life, I'm serious. But it could all be a joke. Do you want to hear the punchline? I don't really impress her at all. What are you saying? I can't get to first base. <laughs> oh, I wish I could feel sorry for you. As you have done unto others, so it is now being done unto you. Thank you. I know I can always come here for inspiration... And comfort. You don't have to paddle. Just let the canoe drift. Louisa. Now, uh, just toss your line over. If you talk, you'll scare away all the fish. But Louisa... Is a time for silence and contemplation. Now, why do you dangle that stupid line in the water? You've already caught the biggest fish in the lake. Oh, please, Richard. Please, Richard, what? Every time I tell you I love you, you say, please, Richard. I can't believe you when you say you love me. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I, I don't have that knack for pleasing men that so many girls just seem to be born with. So why should you, who could have any girl in the world want me. Ah, but I can't have any girl in the world. It appears that I can't have you. Oh, Richard, every girl dreams of a time like this. And for more years than I like to remember, I dreamed of it too. And then I stopped dreaming. I accepted reality. Mm. What's reality? Love would not be for me. Oh, it was hard to accept, but I was able to come to terms with it, and I was able to make a life for myself. So now, Richard, please, please don't... Don't, don't what? Oh, let me be. It would be so easy for me to fall in love with you. I want you to fall in love with me. Richard, I... Let me show you how Richard, easy... be careful. The canoe, it'll tip over. Let it... Well, it didn't. I looked into her eyes, and at that moment, she was beautiful. Everything about her was beautiful. I was happy. Happier than I'd ever been in my life. The vagabond days were over. Just in time, I'd found a wonderful girl. And a job. Yes, there was one thing I could always do, and that was sell. And so I took a job in a sports car showroom. I wouldn't make a fortune, but I didn't need a fortune. Her house was adequate, comfortable, and all paid for. And every night we would sit, listening to music, and planning for our wedding. Do you love me, darling? I adore you. And you'll be happy, here in Sadler's Corners? Yes. 
You're wonderful. Do you love me? I adore you. Just think. You've been all over the world and seen everything, done everything. And now you're satisfied to be here. Just with me. Oh, darling, do you love me? Oh, you don't have to keep asking every 30 seconds. It's silly of me. I don't know how to behave. Just being in love and sharing and being so close, it's all so new to me. I'm so afraid I'm going to lose you. You couldn't possibly lose me. Oh, that's very pretty music. My favorite. It's from Orpheus and Hades. His wife, Eurydice, died, and then he goes down into the underworld to bring her back. <laughs> Would you do that for me? <laughs> well, I don't think I'd ever be able to find the place. <laughs> I tell you what, you'd know where I was. You come back and get me. Uh, Is it a bargain? Oh, it's a bargain. Eurydice will return to Orpheus. Oh, Richard, I love you so much. You've become my whole life. The old drives, the old desires, the old needs were gone, replaced by a feeling of peace. I'd done my share of hunting, and I was glad that it was over. I was so deep in my thoughts that I didn't notice her. Is this a bedroom or a showroom? She was tall. A better word is stately. She was blonde. Her face was perfect. Her figure left absolutely nothing to be desired. And she was smiling. Do you sleep here? Uh, no, I, I dream here. I dream that the most beautiful woman, the most charming woman... The most wealthy woman. Uh, that would help, but please, this is my dream. <laughs> Continue. Will come in here and say, I would like to buy a Rosetta Marchetti 8-cylinder XL Rally Coupe. I would like to buy a Rosetta Marchetti. Eight-cylinder XL Rally Coupe. Well, step this way, beautiful lady. Behold. I'll take it. Without asking the price? I never ask the price. Never? Of course not. Because whatever it is, you see, I'm always willing to pay it. The car is $18,500. Stripped. <laughs> that sounds almost obscene. How much more would it cost to make her decent? Oh, another six or seven. Attend to that little detail for me, please. Will you take a check? Oh, of course. Oh, uh, and there is some clerical work. The bill of sale has to be drawn up. Oh, I'm sure it must. Can someone here do it while you take me to lunch? What hit me? I couldn't tell you. I was in a daze. I was a man in a dream. I took her check and the papers into the sales manager's office. No one buys a car that way. But even if it was a hoax, she was so beautiful. She she took your breath away. We went down the street to a little restaurant where the food is superb. To this day, I couldn't tell you what I ordered. I, uh... I know you'll enjoy the car. Oh, I'm sure I will. You know, I had this argument with the sales manager... He didn't think it was the model that belonged on the floor at first. Did you come in because you saw it in the window? No. I came in because I saw you through the window. Me? Buying the car was just an excuse to meet you. And you would spend $25,000 just for an excuse? What's $25,000? 
felt a chill. I looked into those brilliant blue eyes. Was I mistaken, or was there just a hint of madness? Nobody could be that cavalier about $25,000. Well, okay, she was crazy, and this was a joke, but she was so beautiful, there was really no harm in it. And then the waiter came over and said I had a telephone call. It was from Dolly, the sales manager's secretary. Richard, do you know who that woman was? Yeah, some nut. The check's no good, huh? She says her name is Jane Clark. She's the Jane Clark. The Jane? Richard, she has a hundred million dollars. A hundred? Well, so maybe it's fifty. Does it matter? She's the one who just inherited all the Clark money. You... You are joking. Oh, what a sale you just made. What a sale. There was a mirror near the phone. I glanced into it. I was shocked by what I saw. I looked so young, so fit. A new Richard Paradin. Or, I should say, the old Richard Paradin. Richard the Hunter. And the adrenaline was pumping because my quarry was in sight. And ready to be taken. No bad news, I hope. Mm, it was the office. When will my car be ready? Uh, not for a couple of days. Oh, I must be back in the city by this evening. Well, we can have it delivered. Will you drive it down yourself? I think the sales manager would rather have it done through Oh, he's the... beginning to bore me, that sales manager of yours. Why don't you quit your job? I would if I could find another one. How would you like to work for me? What would I do? Help me spend my money. <laughs> That's not as easy as it sounds. It took my family 200 years to amass $50 million. I want to get rid of it. Well, why not just give it away to the poor? Why? What did the poor ever do for me? Now, I'm 41 years old. Oh, you don't look it. And I think I'm good for another 25. By that time, I want every nickel to be gone. That's why I need your help. Uh, why me? I'm in love with you. Love? I know what love is. I've been... I saw you sitting in that showroom... Next to that heap of scrap metal. Oh, now, you can't call a $25,000 custom bill. I have $50 million. I can do anything I please. And it pleased me to fall in love with you. You mean these things don't happen? You mean the knight in shining armor never shows up for the girl? The golden princess never arrives. You mean people don't fall in love at first sight? Yes, the cards have been dealt very quickly. But hasn't someone been lost in the shuffle? Act three is coming up in a few moments. As we review it, uh, we see that it seems very short on sweetness and truth. Well, what can we do? We have to report the facts as they exist. They say love is blind. That's why we have all the problems. If love could only see. As our story unfolds, we're listening to an argument. Richard Paradon is arguing with $50 million. 
How long do you think such an argument can last? And who do you think is going to win? I can do anything I like, Richard. I, uh, I suppose you can. I can have anything I want. And I want you. But, uh... What? But what indeed? What was I arguing about? This is what I had dreamed about all my life. To marry a fabulously wealthy and beautiful woman. This is what I had trained myself for. And now it was about to come true. Oh, there was a little detail, Louisa, a loose end, but I would just tell her that... No, 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 better not, no. I'd write her a letter. Yes, yes, that would be the kindest thing in the long run. What are you doing? Who, me? I'm not doing anything. You're packing. Well, if you can see I'm packing, why did you ask? It's all over town. What's all over town? You and Miss Jane Clark. I understand you're about to become number seven. Hmm, that's a lucky number. And Louisa? You'll have broken her heart. All right, let's settle this. You broke her heart. Really? You. Look, I'm not good, but you wouldn't let me alone. You had to reform me. I told you not to break Louisa's heart. I'm sorry. I'm what I am, Sally. I'm self-centered, pleasure-loving, and if I did have a weak moment... She'll kill herself. That's blackmail. Oh, Richard, please, have pity. Oh, look out for pity. Too often it's a disguise for weakness. Oh, you have all the answers. Do you want me to stay with her for the rest of her life because I have pity for her? I heard, Richard. <gasps> Louisa! The door was open. Richard, I know how this must sound, but please don't walk away from me. I I'd better leave you too no, long. Stay, stay. Stay, stay, Louisa. You told me you loved me. Was it true? Yes. At that time, and in that place, it was true. Then... Love is a living thing. And like many living things, it can wither and die. Why couldn't you have left me alone? I wasn't bothering you. I was happy. I'm sorry. I built up all my defenses, and they were strong. They could have protected me for the rest of my life. I said I'm sorry. And that's... all you can say. Louisa, I'm really not worth it. That's true. You're counterfeit. But I was willing to give full value. You'll never again meet someone who will have waited for you all her life. Louisa, there are certain things that just were not meant to be. You'll want me, Richard, one day. You'll need the kind of love that only I can give you. But I won't be there. Oh, of course not. You'll, you'll, you'll marry someone who's, who, who's worthy of you. No, there could never be anybody else. Besides, I'll be dead. I intend to kill myself. Louisa. Why not? I can't go back to being an old maid school teacher. Because now it's intolerable. And I'm dead inside, as it is. Well, you're being very melodramatic. I'm also being very realistic. I don't have anything I consider worth living for. Oh, you can't. Richard, tell her something. What can I tell her? Tell her you'll stay and marry her. But I can't do that because I don't love her. You see, Sally... He's right. There really isn't a thing that any of us can do about it. He does what's in his heart, and I have to do what's in mine. The golden people, like gold, they can belong to anyone. And have no feeling. Even as she said it, I just couldn't feel anything for her. 
I was conscious of her looking as she looked the first moment I saw her. Plain and just this side of Dowdy. How could I possibly live with her for the rest of my life? I'd probably wind up killing her. No, 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 no. No, I was doing her a favor. She feels badly now, but she'll get over me. The fact is, no one ever dies for love. For money, yes. For love, no. Well, Jane and I were married. Let me give you gentlemen a piece of advice. If you can't be born rich, marry rich. There's nothing like it. You wait for nothing, for no one. Everything is possible. And she also loved me. How are you this morning? Lucky seven. Uh, listen, you may have been married six times, but I'm the first real husband you ever had. <laughs> That's what I love about you. Your absolute modesty. Well, if they were so good, why did you divorce them? They started to bore me. What are we listening to? Oh, just some music. Oh, if there's anything I hate worse than classical music... Well, uh, this isn't too bad, and I only tuned it in because the news comes on in a minute. We don't have to listen to news. We can make our own. We can buy a country, if you like. This is Sally Smith with the local news. Brought to you at this time by Plessy's Pharmacy. What is this? Where, Where is Dr. this coming from? Uh, Sadler's Corners. My sister's the announcer. Why don't we buy her a decent radio station? This is going to be a very difficult program for me. My lead story is about my best friend. Her name was Louisa Curran, who taught school here for 15 years. She sounds great. When Louisa didn't show up for her classes this morning, I was asked to see if she was all right. And she wasn't at home, but I found a note. She said she had had enough of life, not to try to find her, because she was just quietly going to put an end to her life. It was very much like Louisa. She intended to die as she had lived, without being a bother to anyone. And before I came on, I asked our engineer to play her favorite melody. And as a tribute to Louisa, I would like for him to play some more of it. Wow. Isn't that touching? Did you know her? Who? This poor spinster school teacher. No. That isn't true. You are engaged to her. Oh, darling, the past is the past. No, it's always present. For instance, when you lie, you remind me of my second husband. Why? Because he could lie better than you can. Oh, really? Why did you break your engagement? Because I fell in love with you. Oh, don't compete with my second husband. You can't win. I married you for your money. Now you remind me of my fourth husband. He believed in being brutally frank. Well, how do I compare with him? You're just as frank. But not as brutal. Does everything I do remind you of one of your ex-husbands? Six husbands cover practically all the ground there is. <sighs> Let's do something today. All right. Tennis. Oh, we did that all day yesterday. Oh, uh, sailing? I'm bored with sailing. Tennis, golf. Let's hop on a jet and go to Europe. Oh, Europe bores me. I looked into those eyes. Those brilliant blue eyes. 
When I saw them for the first time in the showroom, I thought they had a touch of madness. But now I could see a kind of icy sparkle, and a shiver went through my body. See myself reflected in those eyes. My hair was thinner, thinner than I had ever remembered. I had lines in my forehead at the corners of my mouth. I was getting just the slightest sag under my chin. Is this... Was this how I was beginning to look to her? Jane! Jane, turn that music off. What are we doing with a record player in the bedroom? Jane! Richard? Who... Who... Who are you? You know who I am? No. Oh, I know there have been so many women in your life, but you must remember me. No. You do, Richard. You do. You're dead, Louisa. Dead. I just heard it on the news this morning. That's true. I'm dead. No, this, this is a dream. If only I could wake up. Wake up from this awful dream. It isn't a dream. I'm here. You can't be. I'm here to keep my promise. What promise? It was our bargain. Whichever one of us died first would come back for the other. Eurydice has come back for Orpheus. Oh, Richard, I told you, even when I'm dead, I can't live without you. Go away, please. Look at her, Richard. Fast asleep next to you. What is she dreaming of? You can't tell. But I can. She's dreaming of her other husbands and of all the things they could do better than you. <laughs> it's compassion time, isn't it? That isn't true. She's starting to become bored. No. She always married a man for a reason. Why did she marry you? Because... She thought you were inventive. Why can't I wake up? You're up now. I'm not. Richard, look in the mirror. Look at the golden boy. The gold is becoming tarnished. You're getting older every day. She's already noticed. Oh, Richard, come with me. I, I, I love you no matter what you look like. I'll never compare you to anyone because I never had anyone else. Come with me, Richard. Louisa, can you forgive me? Oh, my darling. Oh. I suddenly feel old and tired and, and frightened. Love you. I need you. Oh, how I need you, Louisa. I never said that to any woman. I love you more than ever. Then come with me. Yes. Yes. What, what are you shouting about? Louisa. Where did she go? Where, where did who go? Louisa. Hmm? What did you do with Louisa? I didn't do it. Are you crazy? What did you do with her? She was just here. No one, no one was here. You must have had a nightmare. You're crazy. Oh, is that how it works? You're tired of me, so you'll get everyone to think I'm crazy. Well, you won't get away with Let it. Let go of me. You won't cast me aside. Did with all those others? Help. You're joking me. I'm not like them. I won't stand for it. I won't. I won't. Is everything all right, Richard? Yes. I... I hope you feel more calm this morning. Oh, yes. Yes. Jane feels better, too. Jane? I spoke with her, and we felt it would help you to know that she forgives you. 
Whose chain? Of course, you'll have to stay here. Oh, no, no. No, I'll be leaving soon. And Jane says she'll see that you're provided for, for the rest of your life. Oh, yes, yes, I'll, I'll be going. Uh, Louise is coming for me. Louisa, but... Oh, Richard, dear. You have to face the fact that Louisa is dead. Yes, I know that. And that's why she's coming back for me. I, I don't want her to be there alone. Richard. She'll come for me. You'll see. Oh, Mr. Luden. I got a letter for you today, and I, I don't know what to make of it. Why, uh, look at the handwriting. Oh. Well, it, it's Louisa Curran's writing. But it can't be for Miss Curran. Oh. She's dead. Dear Sally, obviously I'm not dead. I meant to end it all that day, and I thought I'd do it in style, so I decided to have a final fling. I took all my money from the bank, and I put it into makeup and clothes and a trip. And you know, I found myself. Or the world found me. I mean, men found me. I thought I was nobody. And I was nobody. Well, I found a new attitude, and I became somebody. Mrs. Somebody. I am now Mrs. Elroy Carter. He's a lawyer. He's wonderful. And it isn't too late for us to have a family. And I owe it all to Richard. It was Richard who sent me out into the world. Give him my best the next time you see him. So you see, in all of us, there is the potential to do good, to help our fellow man and woman. And Richard, who used and abused women all his life, was the man who did the most for them in the end. I'll be back to do something for you. Fortune's favorites. It all comes so easy, the climb up the ladder. But that climb up isn't everything. No one stays on top forever. The problem in life is to know when to come down and to descend gracefully without being pushed. Our cast included William Redfield, Marion Seldes, Bryna Rayburn, and E.V. Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs>